Hey, it's another episode of the Racing It Out podcast. She's Caitlin. I'm Todd. First of all, we apologize that it's been so long between episodes. We we really don't want to do this. We we try, but I was away a little bit and busy, and Caitlin was away for a, a stretch. If you caught our last podcast, you'll understand that she was away for a long stretch. But so we apologize, and we were just talking about getting back into the race routine, which is coming at us very quickly in the next few days because the Pinty Series season opener is at Sunset Speedway coming up on May the 13th. Can't wait to get started. The demon is lurking over my shoulder <laughs> of, are you ready? That's are a hell you of a ready for, <laughs> Are you ready for the grind, Caitlin? Caitlin, it is race season. Get ready. It's... Uh, it is a welcome grind, though, because it is. it's it's really our happy place to be at events and amongst the the teams and the the cars and the fans and just enjoying all of the sights and spectacle that is being at a racetrack and being at a racing event. Well, it's even just you do so much preparation and work leading up to the event, and you're like, oh, we have to make sure everything is perfect. Everything is tip-top shape everything is just just right and like you're making all these changes and you're making all these um these like you're just you just want everything to be perfect and you you have this idea that everything needs to be done and ready for it but once that season starts you're in a completely different mindset you are in a schedule you are in a routine I am so ready for that routine <laughs> because <laughs> it's predictable for me, for a person that is struggles with focus and a lack of routine, having a predictable schedule where I know how things are going to go. I know when I'm supposed to get things, things have a similar format or like some kind of format. It's very structured to me. And it actually is like, it, it kind of, while it is the busiest time of our year, for me, it, it kind of feels like a weight off my shoulders in a, in a way. It's an interesting back and forth with that because I'm I'm with you. I like to have a, a routine and I like to know where I'm going and what I'm what is coming up and following a, a tight schedule. But here's the part for me. And I don't know if you're exactly the same. I don't like doing exactly the same thing exactly the same way all day, every day. Right. Does that make sense? Because no, I, and we I, have talked about this, I think, too, I on like, the podcast, yeah. maybe. I, I like routine. Like norm, mm. normally, my routine is like I'll, I'll get up in the in the morning and I'll I'll do some stuff and I'll do some work for for an hour or two or whatever, and then it's like okay, I'm things are calm and under control right now. I'm going to cut out and I'm going to go to the gym and I'm going to have a quick swim and like that's just kind of a, a a thing I like to do and I try to do it at almost the same time every day. But mm -hmm. if it becomes no, if it if it becomes too much of a this is a, this is a a formal routine and you're re right. and maybe it's, you're required to do it every day right like if a, you have like. to do it at one o'clock every single day yeah. it's like you start getting anxiety when that one o'clock is approaching and you're like oh I, I like I I need an extra like half an hour to get this stuff done and like having it the way you're kind of explaining it is like oh I just have to go swimming today but here's the, here's the funny thing and you just said we like schedules and we like, we like an order but, and structure, but that's the benefit of sports. And I think that's the thing that that's one of the reasons why 
And if you caught our last podcast, Todd asked me about my ultimate Frisbee team um, and why I like doing sports every single week is because while I have it at the same time every single week on the same day and it is a routine, those games are always different. It's a different experience. Right. Right. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know the team you're playing against or like what could happen. Like you don't know what's going to happen. So it's that excitement of something different every single week, even though it's the same activity. Whereas for me going to the gym, if it was, I just have to go to the gym those two, three times a week, it feels a lot more repetitive and a lot less stimulating to me. And no fun involved. Exactly. And that's why we probably both love racing is because we know we have to go to sunset, then CTMP, then show the air, then Eastbound and blah, 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 blah. But we have no idea what the fuck's going to happen at those races. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly that's exactly right. So you're 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 talking about the the preparations and and everything, because you've been doing this for a few years now too. This will be my fifth season. How many how many times over say the last week or two, have you thought to yourself, boy, I wish we could have started this sooner. Boy, I wish we could have done this a little bit early. And it and it happens every year, doesn't it? You think, okay, we're gonna, we're, we're I'm gonna plan more, and I'm, and you're you're not in control of of everything because you're oh god so many, no, right? There are so many stakeholders and so many people mm-hmm. that have uh, a play a part and a role in things that you're involved in and stuff. So, but it's trying to herd everyone in a similar direction so that you you know where the finish line is and you're just trying to get everybody to cross it you know before the the last minute and you have to like grab your bag and go and leave for the first event i think i have about six things on my plate right now that all should have been done maybe like i would say at least two (laughs) weeks ago but they got left to the last minute and that's the way life works because you're right you are relying on stakeholders and whether it's waiting for the creative department to make a graphic that was supposed to be done whenever or you know like press releases to come out for teams or anything of those that while it's like for me waiting for it on my end i'm like the last person to know about this stuff. Sometimes. Sometimes. Sometimes <laughs> I'm really well involved and a part of the process. Sure, but that's uh, but again, that's uh, also the the unpredictability as you're saying with mm-hmm. you don't know what's going to happen is is part of the excitement, part of the fun and I am fully expecting it, next week to be fr- an absolute Oh, sure. But it, it frustrates you sometimes. It makes you go shake your head and roll your eyes and you go, oh, okay, whatever. And you just, you carry on and you, but it's just, it's the, you don't know what's coming next part. That also it gives me a little bit of the excitement and the juice too. And exactly. And it's like, I'm really excited for next Saturday because it's like, I get to see everybody again. I get to see yes. you. Yeah. I get to see Steph. I get to see the drivers and like, they're like the people in the sport are what make me come back each week because it's like well it's like the excitement of you don't know what's going to happen in the work and on the track it's also you don't know the memories and the experiences you're going to have with these people going great point great point it's like you don't know the funny the funny quirks that are going to happen when you are at the track or like you just don't know and it's like you're there and you're working but you're also making memories with the other people that are there and working so while we might get rain completely pissed on by rain at sunset (laughs) as we usually do this time of year and if you live in Ontario you feel my pain Todd doesn't count because he's still in fucking Florida but 
it rains this time of year. I kind of like rain delays for that, for that specific reason. Rained a couple days ago. Rained like crazy here a couple days ago. It was nasty and it was, it was, yeah, I know it was. was, Florida rain. Of course it was sunny by 9, 9 a.m., but it was the the other one. You, you, I, I, I like the point that you're making about, you know, the people and memories and stories that you'll carry forward with you for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. And I'm re- I'll relate it a little bit in, in this manner is that travel and trips for pleasure are things that some people do a lot of, some people do more of, some people because of financial reasons are, are, are unable to, to really travel that much. And, and, and I feel for you because I, I forget where I read this years ago, but whatever it costs you for travel, for a holiday, vacation, a trip or whatever, it doesn't have to be uh, a 30-day extravaganza around the world tour or anything. It can be uh, a weekend, can be an afternoon, can be something. But the memories that you have and make on that journey, whatever it is, short trip, an afternoon away doing something, those are if you want to make it on a, on a cost basis, uh, very reasonably priced, because whatever you pay, it, you carry that memory and those stories with you for, for the rest of your life, which is many, many years, hopefully. And that's, and that's one way to, to look at it and think about, yeah, it's, it's worth the investment to make the journey. Well, it's even, it's like, that's why I typically for like presents and gifts, I like go, being like, Hey, let's go out and try a restaurant. Let's go out and do a thing on me. That'll be my gift. And yeah, experiences, because it's like you that you're either giving the gift of experiences and memories or you are making memories with that person, which is really fun. And it's like it's like I like I love food. And if this is your first time watching this podcast, (laughs) we love food here. Strap in. We're loving food. Yeah. (laughs) Get ready. This this season's going to be absolutely wild. Um, But if it's like a date or like something like that it's like i like to even like mix in like experiences like that of like either going and trying a brand new restaurant or going wine tasting or like things that are different and not just going to whatever restaurant or pop like pub and grill it's like korean barbecue hot pot like things where you're incentivized you're creating the the chance it's an event yeah, you're creating the the possibility for fun things to happen. Right. So that's that's a good way, and that's what we get the benefit of participating in the the racing series, whichever yeah. one that we're involved with on any given weekend, because it's it's an event, it's a it's a happening. There will be people there that are friends and family, and and that mm-hmm. we're close with, and get to share experiences with. Somebody will inevitably have a, a travel story that will that will will get shared early on, and that's just kind of how the thing gets gets going. So, yeah. but that's uh you know that's the uh that's the excitement part of it. Not to mention that we we very much enjoy the motorsports uh, on track. Whether oh, it's yeah, it's old, okay. Whether it's a road course, whether it's a street course, it really, uh, it, it really doesn't matter. So I'm, I, I'm excited to see. We've got a, a lot of uh, good drivers and teams coming back this year. There's a, a little bit of new blood, a little bit of, um, of, of returning veterans, a little bit of teams that are expanding their their schedule a little little bit. There will be a few that we probably won't see this year that we have in previous years, and we'll be sad for that. Hopefully, we'll we'll get to see them at the uh, at the racetrack. But uh, I think that you can expect good car counts at all of the events, and 
hey, if the competition is as good as it is last year, bring it on. Let's get Oof. going. It's the thing in my, like my brain, it's like, there's nowhere to go, but up. it's like, if you <laughs> like having the car, even similar to car counts we had last yeah. year, it's like, you're just copy and pasting. It's, it's going to be a good rate. Like I am very excited. It's going to be, I think it's going to be very hard to select a favorite. Um, I know Mark Antoine Cameron would like to be the first Pinty's driver back to, to back. go back to back. Um, but there's but going to be a lot of people that want we to say that, that every year. It, well, it's, it's true. And it's, it, I think it's a great indication of how hard a championship is to win mm -hmm. and how focused the rest of the field is in understanding that, okay, here's where we were maybe a little short last year. This is where we're going to put our off season focus. And this is where we're going to improve. And it becomes a, a challenge for the defending mm -hmm. champion to try to repeat. In fact, it's been impossible in the first 15 years. Yeah, it's been, I think, I feel like I say this every year. It's like, I think if such and such last year's champion, like, I think he has a real chance. And then it just gets swept under, like, completely t turned upside down. And it's someone either completely different or who knows. But it's like, I would, I think there is a strong possibility again to have a first time champion this year. I would agree with you that that's a, that's one of the many possibilities. Yes. To I would have tags. I wouldn't say that for sure. Yes. No, uh, no, I definitely don't mean for sure. Yeah. Alex hasn't won a championship. You're LaCroix. right. Kevin Lacroix hasn't won a championship. I think yeah. Kevin Lacroix holds the record now. I think after last year for being the bridesmaid, but never the bride. <laughs> but again, that's the, the, the great indicator of this is the kind of competition. This mm -hmm. is the level that you have to achieve all summer long at a very wide ranging variety of tracks. Yep. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be, it's going to be a fun summer. It is going to be a very, very fun summer. So yes, the um, uh, Pinty series uh, underway. I haven't been to another IndyCar event since I was in St. Pete. But you but were watched... in Montreal. I was in Montreal. Yes, I was. Uh, a couple weeks ago now, I was in Montreal because again, a little travel, a little journey, a little experience mm -hmm. that it was, it was actually supposed to happen in the spring of 22, but my racing schedule conflicted. So we postponed it and went to Montreal just for a couple days. It was great. And went to a Montreal Canadiens hockey game. Last game of the year, they played the Boston Bruins. was uh, sensational. I know with the playoffs going on now, there are many Leaf fans that won't want to hear this, but I, I am a Montreal Canadiens fan, have been since I was a kid. And it's that's my team. So went and have been to the Bell Center a couple of times before for games. I am like an eight-year-old boy when I go to a hockey game. I, I kind of am at times when I go to a race, but I'm like an eight-year-old boy at a, at a hockey game. Insisted that we get there early. Um, watch the you know watch the teams come out for the full warm up. It was still dark yeah. in the uh, in the arena. Like the lights hadn't come up even for the warm up yet when we got in watching it. So you know now you, you get a beer. This is that's not the eight year old part, but you get a beer hanging out and the teams come out. I stood and watched the warm up because like I'm into it. I want to see what's. I I <laughs> I apologize to the people that were already seated behind me. I said I'm not going to stand for the whole game, but I I am going to stand for a while now. And I moved over out of the way so that they could see. But it's just. Yeah, was right in 
to it. It was uh, it was great. And of course, part of the experience with travel is food. So here's a couple of quick food, uh, a couple of quick food notes from the trip to Montreal. So okay. at uh, Centreville, you of course must enjoy the world famous hot dogs. Chien Show. Oh. Oh, they are mag. You've not had these, have I've you? I've never been to the you've, Montreal. You've Canadians. never had Montreal. You've never had you never had hot dogs in Montreal though, or in Quebec. Come on, really? I don't think so. Oh, we we are setting you up this year. It's it is oh absolutely the best. Stick with okay, us. We'll, we'll yeah. I'll stick fantastic. With you. The best. <laughs> absolutely, just wonderful. You're at a game. You got a beer. Got hot dogs. It's it's fantastic. Um, when you go to Montreal, of course, you have smoked meat sandwiches. The location of choice because of convenience. Uh, I love Schwartz in the in the East End, but went to Dunn's and it was spectacular. Downtown, super thick, great. I really need to stick around you more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was fantastic. We had a we had a really good time, and then of course went for a very nice dinner at uh, Weinstein and Gavino's on uh, uh, Crescent Street. Fantastic. Had amazing pasta gnocchi were like little pillows of pasta mm. they were delicious so yeah those we were the uh, those were the food highlights and yeah i could have i could have basically eaten nonstop for the 48 hours we were there you brought up a kind of interesting point that i wanted to touch on though where you're like yeah like some people are gonna hate me but like i'm a montreal canadians fan that's my team yeah i'm i'm a sense fan and that's maybe not a sense of pride for me but it's it's the team I grew up. I grew up in the Ottawa area. It's the mm-hmm. team I followed. It's the team I've actually worked for before. And I like I would die if I got to ever see them win a Stanley Cup. <laughs> There's a little bit of hate that kind of goes on in the sphere around this time of year when, you know, maybe your team doesn't make the playoffs. And I go, okay, well. The Leafs, let's go. I live in Toronto. I am very aware of the Toronto Maple Leafs and how they're always doing in the regular season and all that stuff. So when we get to the playoffs, they're naturally the team I cheer for because I really do did want to see them break that curse. See? But you get a little hate if you're not a diehard Leafs fan. Okay, so here's here, here's what I don't get. And I don't know if this is a, a hockey thing. I don't know if it's a Canadian thing. It might be a Canadian thing, but I don't get the, okay, well, my team's out. So I'm going to cheer for this team now. See, I, I said like Montreal's my team, period. Maybe it's there because is no second place. And I never really made it to the Stanley Cup. <laughs> fair enough. But I'm, but I'm wondering too, if people, I don't, I, I don't have a favorite driver. There's lots of drive. We'll use NASCAR because they have the playoff. Mm-hmm. There's lots of great talented NASCAR drivers. I don't have a favorite driver. I I like and I admire a lot of them, mm-hmm. but I don't have a favorite driver. So I can't really speak to well if my driver doesn't make the playoffs or get not gets knocked out of the playoffs, do I cheer for another driver? That's, that's something that I don't, uh, I don't get to participate in because I don't have a, a, a favorite driver that way. So I'm kind of the same way with that of like, it, it let in that the NASCAR verse, mm-hmm. I have multiple drivers that I like and would like to see win and think are great and all this stuff that, you know, I'll cheer, kind of cheer for them 
throughout the playoffs and as they kind of get knocked out and all that stuff but even more especially when you get down to that championship four i have drivers that i don't want to win <laughs> in a ranking of who so you, i would like to win more more than less so you cheer against people versus four people what if it gets down to the championship four and all the drivers i actually like are knocked out that that i think that's what i got to last year interesting that's interesting so, that's interesting so no i don't how i don't I feel, feel that but that's kind of also how I feel about hockey as well is yeah. like, I am a Canadian first and foremost. So when the Montreal Canadians made it to the Stanley cup playoffs a few years ago to the finals, you cheered for them. I was cheering for them because it was like, I would love to see a Canadian team win the cup. That would be amazing. And then as a Torontonian, I, I am amazed and so happy for the city of Toronto and that team that I have friends that work at and have friends mm -hmm. that I know have dedicated their lives to this team <laughs> finally get past round one of the playoffs. And it's like, an, like I said, as a Torontonian, I feel that atmosphere and I feel that energy and the city of buzz with it. And it's like, I want to be a part of that because it's, you know, like you go back to the Raptors and it's like, you know, you could have been a fan of, I don't know, like the Nets or whatever. But if you live in Toronto, it's like you were a part of that atmosphere when they won the NBA championship. Yeah, like you couldn't not do that. That's sort so of, yeah, that's the national, that's where the national pride comes in, I guess. Yeah. And, and it sort of takes over and you always want, you know, whoever's left in, in the, in the Canadian market. So yeah, I guess that I, I can understand. I can appreciate mm -hmm. that. So, yeah, I just, I, it just strikes me as interesting. Well, my team's out, so I'm going to pick a new team. No, yeah. that's not your team. Yeah. It's, it's it, like, at least I, that's how I approach it. I mean, I also get that, but it's like, and it's like, and once the Leafs, if the Leafs do get knocked out again, it's like, I'm probably not going to really follow it as much. It's like the only time I really do follow it all the way to the Stanley cup finals is when a Canadian team is playing. The last time I, I actually watched a Stanley cup finals game was the Montreal. And it's, you know, me growing up as an Ottawa Senators fan, like I vividly remember watching them in the finals. What was that? 2008, nine, like, yes. And they've disappointed me every year since. Well, there's a lot of that that goes on in, in uh, hockey and teams. There's frustration, but that's that's the that's mm -hmm. the connection and the excitement and the love and affection that you have for no, for exactly. your team, whether it's a, a a race team or whether it's a, a another sports team. And, and there was one other thing I wanted to mention in NASCAR before we get to whatever it is we're going to get to next because I don't even know. But it was, <laughs> but it, it's how many drivers now? Seems like there's one a week have been getting hurt doing something other than racing their cup car. And I wonder, because there are some that have real tight contracts about what they're allowed to do and not allowed to do, depending on the sport that you're involved in. Mm -hmm. um, like I can tell you from a number of years ago, there were hockey players, because I used to be more involved in, in hockey stuff. There were hockey players that were not allowed to participate in motorsports. It was outlawed. It was, it was not allowed in their contract. But I wonder, and I've had conversations with drivers about other outside activities from their racing that are kind of, in some cases, I guess it's formal. In other cases, it's kind of, well, I, I just, I'm not supposed to do that. Right. Whether it's like skiing, for instance. And I thought that this was a thing for Hendrick Motorsports for a while where Hendrick Motorsports would not let their drivers compete in any other series. Mm -hmm. And then Kyle Larson really wanted to race Chili Bowl. So they abolished the rule. 
Well, now you have, I mean, Chase's was a snowboarding incident, but now you have Alex Bowman getting hurt in a racing incident. And it's like. I just wonder if it's something to watch and keep an eye on for the future. If there are going to become, if teams are going to become, because these are multi-million dollar investments that they Mm -hmm. have in cars and teams and sponsors. Remind me when Tony Stewart broke his back, was he still racing full time? Can't remember off the top of my head. I can't remember either, but it's like, and it's like, I guess a way you can look at it is it's like, they can very as much as easily get hurt on the track. You look at Kyle Busch breaking his legs. True. But that's doing their job. Yeah. This is another outside activity. I'm not saying we should get rid of it and stop it, but I'm just saying that maybe it's something that we want to keep an eye on going forward. Yeah, it might be something because I wonder what it is in F1 because it's I. I, I can't imagine be... the contracts are involved yeah. in, in Formula One. It's just absolutely it's crazy. A, yeah, it's like I, I would imagine that they do have contracts like that where it's like you are very oh, yeah. it's, limited. It, it is common to have restrictions depending mm-hmm. on sport and, and what it is and stuff. I wanted to touch on this is something that, we, that we'll get to is the, the 100 days to Indy behind the scenes, unscripted reality show, whatever you want to call it, has finally made its debut for um, IndyCar in the it's six episodes, planned six episodes, I believe, leading up to the Indy 500. So I watched it last week. It's not available in Canada yet. Apparently they're working on international distribution. It hasn't been done yet, but I, also in the last couple of days, it was announced that Vice, one of the companies that's producing it, is going into bankruptcy. Which, if okay. you followed IndyCar for any length of time, you're just shaking your head at and saying, I'm not surprised to hear that. But anyhow, the, this it's not going to affect the series. It's going to keep mm-hmm. going. So I watched it, and I'm thinking about it, and it's like, oh, I don't know if I would have done this. I don't know if I would have done that. Oh, why did they do this? You mean in terms and, of editing? Well, just kind producing? of what the content was, how okay. they how they put it together, and I'm thinking, I would have done it differently. and so, But then I, I came to the realization after, it was probably a day or so after, this series isn't for me. It's for someone who has a very small amount of knowledge and or interest in IndyCar open wheel racing. Yeah, I have a huge interest and involvement in IndyCar open wheel racing. So this series is not for me. It didn't, it didn't talk down to me as some people are quick to criticize when you have shows like this. But it was just kind of, okay, I get it. It was kind of an introduction. I thought it was a little predictable at times. And I need to watch more and see more where it goes to to decide if I'm happy with it or not. Mm-hmm. Is it is it a good thing to have? I, I, I've always said, I think it is a good thing to have more more opportunity. We'll see where we'll see where it goes. I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not sure. I guess jury's still out until you get to watch all of the episodes and the content hasn't been written yet because not all the races have been run, especially the Indianapolis 500. Yeah, that's a very good point, but you make an interesting point about like it talking down to you. And it's like, there is a level that I've found at least with the last couple seasons of drive to survive mm-hmm. where it's like, I kind of like the first couple seasons I was like zoned in just like must watch like this was like and that might have been because it was new information for me I hadn't really been following Formula One True. but it's like at least in the last season the way it's like you can only explain racing so 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 often and I know there are a couple like narrations and 
voiceovers that were like, it's like, well, qualifying is the most important thing because it's what sets your position for the race on Sunday. And it's like, no fucking shit. I know that. So, like, but but again, you have to, it's, it's no different than doing a, a live broadcast or a live yeah. program that you have people coming in at different times. Not everyone has watched nonstop from the beginning all the way through. And you have to bring people up to speed, mm -hmm. so to speak, well, about what's going on and, and so that they can follow along through the story. Well, one thing I realized watching the first couple events of the NASCAR season is the explanations they'll do the first couple races of that season are way more in depth and way more broken down. And then when you get further along in the season, you almost don't see them that much in the later races. Sure. And depending on the event too, for mm -hmm. instance, the Daytona 500, big, huge event, you have lots of people sampling. Yep. So you have to be, you have to present things in a little, in a little different way so yeah. that everyone can keep up and carry along. So, and yeah, exactly. again, there are, there are some that are avid enthusiasts who crap all over that. And they, I, I think you just need to take a second and understand you get new people all the time. You want mm -hmm. new people all the time. So why not make the path easier for them to join in? Yeah, exactly. Because then it's like, oh, they're like, they actually are given the opportunity to learn new things and move their knowledge up further. But it's like, you have to give them that knowledge to begin with. Right there. It's it's and that's true with any facet in life, whether it's mm -hmm. it's a new sport or or something new there. There are aren't always people who who come in and it's like, OK, if you if you know, if you have a new uh, employee working with you, they don't just know how the routine goes. Someone yeah. has to tell them there's Someone an has onboarding to show process. Right. Exactly. Let's let's help them get up to speed so that they have a greater chance of success and don't get I... pissed off and leave. Side note, I think that is the dumbest thing ever is when you start a new job and they're just like, you know how to do all of this, right? And you're like, <laughs> do I know how to use these programs? Yes. Do I know where to find specific tools and things that you guys use or where certain like templates are and like how you guys like things worded and blah, blah, blah. No, I don't. <laughs> yes. I've, I've, and that's, you know, look at it the other way when companies have huge numbers of layoffs those that are laid off have been there the longest because they are often the highest salaried. So you lose a tremendous amount of institutional knowledge, Yeah, which means those that are left behind go, I'm not sure how we're doing used to do this, but I think this is right. So let's hope that it works. And sometimes it does. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes you find new opportunities to do things in a completely different way. And other times you're left floundering. <laughs> exactly okay just before we get out of here uh you have another food item i believe that you wanted to sneak in on this yes episode. there has been this little french restaurant that has opened down the street from my house and i'm very i was very excited to try it and i finally got to i started following them on instagram maybe like a month ago when they were doing their grand opening nice. and i have been berated with their food on my instagram feed <laughs> because all I do is keep liking it because I was so excited. I finally got to try it. It's okay, called, so and I'm going to butcher the name. It's called Chantler or Chantler, or it's a French restaurant. It's by Ossington and Bloor. Um, it actually used to be on Queen Street, um, more further down, but their original location burned down back in 2019, 2020. Um, so this is their new location. 
everything I had there was just amazing, like mind Tell me about blowing. Some of the things. Tell me about so, some of these. Because I tried, things. I tried like everything, and then I was with my friend too, and she tried everything as well. So best espresso martini I've ever had. Nice. It was so good. So I personally ordered the espresso martini because I love coffee and mm-hmm. um, the steak tartare. Beautiful. And the French onion soup. Oh, lovely. She ordered a pear Waldorf salad mm-hmm. and a, um, oh, what was the name of the cocktail she got? It was like, like thoughts on a prayer or something like that, or thoughts on a cloud, but it was spelled like T-H-O-T-S, like thoughts. Um, <laughs> that nice. was also a very good cocktail. And um, that's the, that's the best part too, is you order a bunch of things and share them and try them. And yeah, that's, I, I, we've done that so many times. Just let's just order appetizers and try a whole bunch of things. Mm-hmm. I love doing that. And the way their menu is broken down is it's like, you have small plates, your big plates, and then you're like appetizers per se. So right. like fries and like breads and stuff like that. So we got the, the tartare and the French onion soup were actually considered small plates. And so were yes. the salads that she got, but then they have all these larger ones, which is like, beef tenderloin and like they have like a signature chicken and like they have like a 95 dollar ribeye and like it's like it's the best steak tartare i've ever had it's the best french onion soup i've ever had the breast espresso martini the salad that she got was amazing it was just like i will be going back many a times wonderful because it is literally down the street for me and it is <laughs> that's like, the, that's the tough thing, isn't it? It's, it's so close; it just sucks you in. It's like, oh, maybe I could yeah. go there again. And, it's like oh, the yeah. French onion soup was only ten dollars. Good, good. But yeah, if you are ever in Toronto or, I guess, like the Bloor area, like Annex area, highly recommend. Recommend it. It's yeah, it's Chantler's, like C H A N T L E R, something around that okay. those lines. Um. Don't have a lot of food stories from Phoenix. I retried in and out And successful? Yes, but I still didn't do the double. Yeah. Because, and I don't know if it was um, maybe just the location I went in San Francisco wasn't that good. But I got the single and I thought it, it was one of the best burgers I've had. Okay. It was so good. Good. But, um... There was a restaurant in, it's like a chain, I guess, called Oregano's that did like $11.99 all-you-can-eat pasta up to like eight bowls or something like that. Or no, it was like- Eight bowls of pasta? Who eats that? No, sorry. It was up to like 12 bowls. And we asked her like, how many, like, what's the most bowls you've sold? And she's like, maybe like eight. Like, I think that's the record. And I'm like- because it's like you can switch out the pa- you can switch out the type of pasta each time and the sauces. So you don't have oh. to get this like angel hair like marinara yeah. sauce pasta, which is the first one you get. Once you get that original pasta, you can just keep ordering different pastas with different noodles and sauces. Okay, but it's it's not how was it? Was it was the food good? Was the pasta okay? I mean, for my boyfriend, he thought it was great. Okay, good. Just because so. you know, I, I'm I, I it, it's not about the quantity for for me i don't i'm not the, looking for i'm not looking for just you know a giant pile of food yeah. i want to be able to taste it that's the difference between him and i is like i can go and i'm willing to spend like 30 dollars on a dish even if i don't get leftovers because it's a good quality dish right where for him he's like what's my best bang for my buck and like 
getting getting fed and like yes having leftovers so it's like for him that was like the best bang for his buck so hey, but whatever those are my food you. stories and i'm sure now that we are high and tied into the racing season we'll have more when i go to sunset next week there is a bar it's called it's like a bagel bar it's called the salty ball salty blonde bagel bar i believe is what it's called in berry and it's one of my favorite tiktok couples restaurants Okay. And I'm very excited because I want to go try it. So I'll right. have another Sounds food good. story for our next one. Well, and that's it. We're into the routine now. We, I've already been looking at restaurants for travel uh, as oh, really? we go through the season. <laughs> yeah. So um, it's it, it'll be a fun season. Um, we're going to, we don't have any information on it yet, but something we've talked about, and I'm just going to hit you with this, is we've talked about trying to do more live podcasts oh, yes. too, because we really enjoyed the ones that we did at uh, the Motorama show and the Canadian International Auto Show. Mm-hmm. So hopefully we will be able to line up and schedule more of those over the summer. If you're listening and have a place that you want us to be and do um hit us up we are definitely open to the idea so that'll be a lot of fun i hope i will probably be available to do the ctmp imsa weekend again okay that'd be a fun one that would be good that's so. another well that's uh and that's another one outside of the pinties events mm-hmm. or other events that we'll be at so um yes we're open to doing more uh on location podcasts because yes. they're a lot of fun so oh yeah Okay, the disclaimer is the thoughts, ideas, opinions, suggestions, um, and vicious innuendos. <laughs> no, no, no. And that's, that's actually that's one thing that we've avoided, and I really like that. The thoughts, ideas, opinions, and comments on the Race in and Out podcast are those of Todd and Caitlin. They do not represent the views of NASCAR, TSN, uh, uh, Honda Indy, Green Savory Racing Production, and anyone that we may or may not work for at some point in our natural lives going forward. Beautiful as always. All right. We will see you guys. Next time we see you guys, it'll be race season.